1: This may be the most important game that Todd Bowles coaches for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers while he's still the head coach. And I don't know how long that will be. Um, You know, they always say there are no must-win games in the NFL until you're eliminated, until they, they put that X by your name or whatever that is. I think this one would all but seal the Bucs' fate and probably Todd Bowles' for several reasons. And it's not that I'm you know, declaring, predicting, encouraging, or any, anybody to be fired, because I'm not. It's just the circumstances, right? You have a team uh, in the Bucks that started 3-1, and one, then lost 6 out of 7, uh, and now they have no margin for error. In fact, when we talked to Baker Mayfield, that's exactly what he said. He said, listen, uh, every game now is a playoff game for us. We We can't really afford to lose again. Now, that's not entirely true, but pretty much true. There's still one game back. They're not three games back and they still have every NFC South team yet to play, including Carolina twice. But even having said that um, there really isn't a a margin for error and especially just the vibe, you know, that I get around one buck place. Like I've listened, there was, they went through a stretch of five coaches in 10 years, you know, starting with John Gruden and that was a surprise firing after, you know, his team started nine and three that year and missed the playoffs but this one feels desperate in some respects. And and again, we talked about John Romano's column the other day. I don't think it's that surprising necessarily that this has been a difficult year. Uh I always thought that they had more talent than some people were giving them credit for at the beginning of the season when they predicted they'd be thirty first in the league. But you know what? Those folks were closer to right at this point than I was, you know, thinking that well, they could win eight or nine. Uh, I think we said the, the the ceiling was ten, and of course they're not going to get to that. But uh, I also think that to lose to Carolina, who's just fired their head coach, and you know, there, there's there's always a, a process that that happens with that. Right? I don't know that it's galvanizing per se. Like I don't know that you you galvanize a team by firing his head coach. What it does is wake the players up. And it does it in this sense, is that they realize, holy cow, if they can fire the head coach, then I, my job is not secure. And so maybe there's a little more t- touch into the detail. Maybe there's a little bit of guilt involved because players realize that it's not just the head coach that's going to go soon. It's every coach that's coaching them, and they have relationships with these guys, et cetera. But Chris Tabor is going to be, you know, their interim head coach. He's their special teams guy. And I bet you they play hard for him. And, you know, when you're 1-10, in 10, you're looking to get a win just the way the Bucks are right now. And you're saying, well, here's a team in Tampa Bay that we could beat because they've lost six out of seven there. They can't be a very good team. We have a good defense. We beat them last year. In fact, in the same situation, uh, what was it, Steve Wilkes, I think, had taken over and as an interim coach. And that was one of the maybe the worst game that Tom Brady played, you know, 21 to three or something like that. Remember, the game starts and Mike Evans is wide open in Carolina. He drops a touchdown pass and it kind of went south from there. So, uh, you know, no one in the NFL, the any given Sunday thing certainly applies in this case. And, you know, so much pressure has been on Bryce Young. And, you know, of course, with CJ Stroud playing the way he is and David Tepper, uh, Knows how to fire coaches and 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 he keeps running through them, you know, like water through your hand. But they still have NFL players, and the Bucks are desperate for a win. Um, and if they didn't win, I'm not gonna. I'm not saying that the Glazers would then come in on Monday morning and or even Sunday night and tell Todd Bowles to clear out his office because frankly, I don't think that accomplishes anything. You know, um. Interim situations rarely work out. You've got a bunch of coaches that will then you know, be spending less time on game plans and more time trying to find their next job. Uh, so it's never a good good situation. Now, if the team is just simply not responding and you feel like the fan base isn't going to come to any more of the games and that sort of stuff, it could happen. But let me tell you, there would have to be at least a thought of it if Todd Bowles can't push his team over the finish line against this team at home. Uh, with what's at stake you know and he has said it many times this week that we just have to win a game right that's what it's down to now you know forget this this continued talk about a a division which is still there for them obviously uh, or anything else or how they play or how many points they score or whether the red zone offense is any good none of that matters at the end of the game they have to have more points than Carolina period and you know full stop like there's there's really no other way around this. And if they don't, uh and again I've said the Glazers have never fired a coach in season, but depending on how that game would go, it would at least have to be a discussion, you know. And there's no one on the staff that you're gonna go, well, they could, you know, turn to Larry Foot or, you know, um, you know, Dave Canales seems like he's got a good no, is it there's really no one that's gonna do a better job at this point. Um, but there's been and I don't know that's surprising in a world because look, when we're looking at social media, you know, and and uh there's not all the salt of the earth out there talking about these things, but people are riled up, Bucks fans are upset and 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 really aside from the fourteen teams that make the playoffs, every fan base hates the coach or hates the quarterback or both. Uh, so that's just, that's just the nature of the beast. Um, but there has been a lot of bad things said about Todd Bowles of late. And I think part of it is the way he got the job. Uh, part of it is the fact that he was a head coach with the New York jets and lost for, you know, only had one winning season in four. Uh, and I was going back and I read a lot of the things they wrote about Todd, when he was fired with the Jets. And of course, totally different organization. The Jets haven't won since nineteen sixty nine, anything significant, you know, uh different quarterback deal, you know, had fits and then, you know, drafted Sam Darnold and, you know, just all kinds of changes there in just one winning season. But then I also read, you know, where, hey, they they had a chance to win some games and, you know, they did they blew some leads and they had some blown assignments and covered Like I read a lot like what we've kind of witnessed here just this past season with Todd Bowles or season and a half, so I don't know. You know, I I, I really can't predict what would happen uh, if if they don't come out of this with a win. Um, but I do think that if they do win the game, you know, you can look at it and say, well, they you know now you know they've already lost six out of seven or whatever it is. And all of a sudden it's like, no, they've won two out of three. <laughs> so there's really no other way to look at it. And then, and then you're going on to Atlanta, uh, which is a team that is very beatable, even though they're playing better and they're ahead of you in the standings and, and they have a chance to win the division too. But I wouldn't be afraid of Desmond Ritter, you know, uh, if you can stop that running game. Uh, sure, it's on the road and all of that. Uh, but there's really no one in this division that the Bucks. Shouldn't be able to beat, and we've seen them on the field with everybody except Carolina. And even though Carolina has some nice pieces, I still got to believe that a one in ten Carolina team probably isn't as good as this one. So they just got to show up and, uh, you know, in play. I mean, that's what a lot of guys were talking about this week over there at at One Buck Place. The reality is, though, that Carolina still has a defense, and that was the thing that kind of showed up a year ago when Tom Brady was trying to take him down, um, Brian Burns is, is a problem. You know, that guy can still uh, flat-out play. And they've got some guys on defense, you know, that are, that are decent players. And you just don't know, you know, if their offense can avoid the big turnovers, and that's kind of what's been going on with Carolina um, sort of throughout the year. And the fact that they just don't have a lot of playmakers on offense. You know that that's also been a a, a huge uh, problem for for Bryce Young, and can, you know he's being compared to C.J. Stroud and what's going on in Houston and Dave Tepper has no patience and all of that. Um, but it, usually the best team wins in these games, and I think I think Tampa Bay is a better team, and I I don't think it's really that close. But that doesn't mean the game won't be close, and that doesn't mean that the longer that Carolina is in it, the more pressure that the Bucks are going to feel. So. Um, I, I, Steve, I'm telling you, there is a lot of tension, uh, and it's palatable. And, and I think the players that have been in this situation before know how important this is Sunday. Well, you've lost six out of seven. You Mm -hmm. lose Sunday. It's
0: seven out of eight. Yeah. Yeah. That's half a season. Right. Right. With one win in that eight games. That's brutal. You know, whether the coach is on the hot seat or not, that's, that's not a fun situation to be in when you play no. once a week yeah, and to lose seven out of eight. Yeah. And to see teams in games that you could have won, mm-hmm. you know, Atlanta, Houston, Houston, you could have won. And Indianapolis, Indianapolis and in Carolina. You should win. Right. Right. And, and if you don't, <clears throat> it becomes uncomfortable. It becomes, you know, guys start losing faith in the process. You know, yep. and that's, you know, and it's the the hard part is, is it's it's not like you can pinpoint one thing that's caused this, especially when Todd Bowles up there every week saying it's a different person each week. It's different guys missing assignments, yeah. making yeah. mistakes that, you know, it's not it's not like, OK, our secondary is bad or our offensive line is bad. And this is why we're losing. Like it, it's, yeah. it, it's kind of permeated the whole team. And, and you just – you've got to – you just need to – Todd Bowles is right. You need to win one game.
1: Yeah, don't worry about the rest of the season. Right. I mean, it's, it's a, everything's a one-game season right. now. There's six, been.
0: there's six games left, but you can't win two
1: before you win one. Exactly. And if you can't beat Carolina and you have them twice, then there's no way this would work anyway, right? you got harder teams in the division to play with Atlanta and and the Saints. I know they beat the Saints, but the Saints, I still think, are the best team in the division – top to bottom and probably have, well, not probably, but they do have the best quarterback who's playing pretty well late. Um, so it's going to be difficult even even with a couple of wins over Carolina, but certainly the math doesn't work uh, if you're not able to beat the Panthers for all that's sort of stacked up right now. Just a lot of frustration, you know, and, and, and sort of I don't think there's many answers. You know, I, I don't think that they really have um, – you know, while they've made some strides in some areas, the red zone's still a problem. And you know, Dave Canales, they're they're running the ball a little bit better, but then the defense will give up a big play. Um, you know, it, it's really been kind of a team effort. And I think the other thing that hurts them is when they've had these injuries, like to Levante David uh, and and some of these veteran players, the, the you know the corners or whatever. Your 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 structure of your football team is such that you are still trying to keep the pieces from the Super Bowl uh with Mike Evans and Chris Godwin and Carlton Davis and and so on and so forth and Devin White and all that um but the reality is um you know the guys behind those guys are rookies or guys that haven't played a lot of football and and when your team is structured that way that's not the way it was for 3 years under Tom Brady because they weren't going to buy green bananas Tom Brady wasn't going to eat green bananas I'm not sure if he eats bananas but you know what I'm saying um They wanted guys that had experience, knew the game, knew how to play, knew how to win, right? And now you've got guys in the league just trying to figure out how to be a pro every day, right? How to handle your business, go home instead of school, take care of your, you know, whatever, uh, come back the next day and do it again. And that's a tough position to be in, you know? They still have a lot of veterans with a lot of pride. Mike Evans is having an unbelievable year. We got to talk to him with his nine touchdown passes. I mean, Uh, he's doing everything he can. Chris Godwin, I think is really beat up. Uh, but he's trying to hang in there, but just has one touchdown this season. And Rashad white just ran for his first hundred yard game since last year in Germany. Um, so that, you know, there's some progress there. Uh, but you got to come out of it with dubs. You know, it's, it's not about anything but wins. And I don't care if you kick five field goals, uh, the way the bears did the other day or whatever. Uh, I guess they kicked four, but you know, you, you've got to come out with a win, and that's that's sort of the, been the focus, and I, I think the focus is good. Um, we talked about this; they don't have that, you know, Jason Pierre-Paul or Hardy Nickerson type, uh, you know, to really shake things up in that in that locker room per se. Um, but I, but I felt talking to guys like Shaq Barrett, talking to some of the veteran players, they feel the weight of it, right? And, and this is the thing about Todd Bowles. I and, mean, you know, so many people on Twitter, we can get to a couple of questions here in a minute, but so many people on Twitter are so down on Bowles. And I understand you just want to win. You know, Like fans just, they don't care. They don't care that, you know, you've mortgaged the future for three years for Tom Brady. They don't care that you didn't sign any free agents. They don't care that, you know, you're drafting, a, you know, towards the middle bottom of the draft every season cuz of your success. They just expect you to win every single year and they expect the quarterback to win the passing title and be the MVP and they, you know, and they expect I mean they expect a lot and when it doesn't happen people get disappointed but I think the expectations were a little unrealistic and and Todd Bowles didn't make excuses, he said the other day, um, you know, look, uh it's not because we're too young or too old, it's just guys have to make mistakes they have or not make mistakes they have to buckle down and play better and you know we're not complaining about anything we just we know we need to win a game so uh, this is the one they got to win and if they don't um, there there could be changes I don't expect anything to happen again during the regular season but it's at least something depending on how things go out there uh, that might be a discussion we'll just have to see All right, we had, uh, because there's interest in the Bucks and what's going on with Todd Bowles and other things, uh, we got some mailbag questions we can get to to wrap up the week here in just a second. First, I want to remind you guys that for, for the past 14 years, the skilled pros of May Electric Solar have been installing solar energy systems in Florida. Now, they provide the most reliable solar equipment, the best installation methods and service, while helping homeowners cut energy costs with an environmentally friendly investment. May Electric Solar uses their own skilled employees, never some contractors, and they've always offered the safest and most reliable equipment. Well, now, May Electric Solar also offers a 30-year no-cost equipment replacement and labor warranty. That means for 30 years, May Electric Solar, backed by Solar Insure, means that your roof and electrical and equipment replacement is covered. Now, Solar Insure even survives May Electric Solar, and it's owned by the homeowner. And there are no deductibles or additional fees. And this policy will transfer to new homeowners with no fee. This is not a blanket insurance policy. In fact, only the best contractors are allowed to be part of this program. And May Electric Solar's reputation and history of workmanship has earned them this membership. To learn more about May Electric Solar's installation and their 30-year warranty, call 727-819-2862 or visit mayelectricsolar.com. One more
0: note on that. We told you earlier the week about Chris and Palm Harbor who went solar. Solar. Uh, mm-hmm. Dave tweeted us and mentioned that he had May Electric Solar out in October. They put some solar panels on his house, so said so they did a great job and said you're a great guy.
1: He said I'm a great guy. That's what Billy May said. Oh, Billy May said I was a great guy. Yeah, when, oh, Dave, okay. when Dave
0: said, "Hey, I heard it on the podcast," and he said Rick's a great there you guy. You
1: go. Yeah, well, we you know we we got to meet Billy May and see his work. Me and you were out there uh, many months ago and mm-hmm. um, got to see his guys up there and girls up there on the roof. And and uh, it was funny because why we did that, we we're shooting kind of a promotional thing uh, for the Times with Billy. And somebody walked down the street, they saw they were doing a job in the neighborhood, and said, "Hey, I'd like an estimate on that too for myself." And and so yeah, the great thing is is that and we know this because we've gotten the feedback. Um they do a great job and people who have listened to this podcast have called May Electric and they they've been able to get uh their needs, you know, taken care of uh with May Electric Solar. And so we're proud of that. We're we're glad to hear that everything has gone well. Uh and uh, you know, and frankly, you know, a lot of people listen to this podcast, and if you're an advertiser man, uh there's no better testimonial than than people that write in and say, Hey, I heard about, you know, May Electric Solar, and I'm I'm a happy customer, and just wanted to thank you guys and and tell you that it works, and uh and that's great, and it, it's great to hear from Billy as well. So, uh yeah, keep it coming, man, because that's uh you know that's why we do it. We we uh, we want to help these folks out, and they certainly help us out and allow us to produce and 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 broadcast this podcast, which is a, a big effort on everybody's part, five days a week, especially Steve's. Uh, and so uh, that's what allows us to do this. All right, so we probably have a mailbag question or two uh, that we can kind of wrap up the week with. I'm sure there's a lot of bucks related stuff. There
0: is. I'll start with a
1: fun one here, though. Okay. And Tim tweeted, So
0: Since you are 100% accurate, yes. why are teams able to change helmet designs, color schemes now? Last week, the Chargers had a black, bolt, and white helmet. Every week, some team is changing something around. Can the Bucks put Kansas City on the side of the helmet and make a Super Bowl run?
1: Can they put Taylor Swift in a box? <laughs> I mean, yeah, that'd be awesome. Um, I don't think so. Listen, I, I, you know, they relaxed the helmet. Like, the, I don't mm-hmm. think they relaxed it per se, but I think the helmets have evolved to a to a specification. Now, they got to a, a moment in time with concussions and all that was going on. Uh, that they, you know, sort of had a uh, an agreement with the NFL Players Association mm-hmm. that players had to wear the same helmet all year. In other words, you fit these guys, um, you know, if you have a color scheme with a helmet that you know uh, is is if you're Atlanta, if it's red or black or white, like you might have a bunch of different colors that you want to paint them, um, but they were requiring the same helmet, so wasn't like you could purchase, you know, a Bucko Bruce helmet for Antoine Winfield Jr. and put that next to his, you know, current uh, pewter, you know, helmet uh, with the flag and all that. Uh, So they just wanted to keep it, you know, uniform. And so that went on for a number of years. And then when they relaxed that a little bit, uh, basically there was a lot of back orders and things that went down, especially during COVID. If you recall how the supply chains were mm-hmm. all messed up, they didn't want to release alternative uniforms without people having the ability to purchase them. In other words, they could have come out maybe in a year ago and said, you know, here's the old buckle Bruce green sickles. Right. But then no one would have been able to buy one. <laughs> so what was the point of that? So they didn't want to frustrate people. Um, so, I just think that teams have rolled them out at different times. Some are more dramatic than others, obviously. And no, I don't think they're going to wear a KC on the side of their helmet anytime soon. Um, but it has been it has been fascinating to watch just just how many different um, you know sort of marketing designs that, that that some of these teams have come up with and color scheme changes and all of that. Uh, maybe some people don't like it because it you know they're not they're more traditionalists and they don't recognize the team based on, you know, the colors they're wearing or whatever. Um, but I, I think it's great that, uh, that we're seeing so many different variations. And I still think that, you know, the bucks aren't going to overexpose the fact that they, you know, they wore Bucko Bruce one, one game this year. And, uh, they really still do like their, you know, red and pewter. I think they're in pewter shirts or I'm sorry, red shirts this week and pewter pants and all that, uh, for this, this current game. But, uh, yeah, it's it's not. It's just been a relaxing of the rules because they have they have advanced with the helmets now uh, to where they feel very safe in in sort of the specifications that they're providing these players, and you know, uh, it's not as if they they're worried about you know an, a guy um, putting on a similar helmet uh, so long as it has the same safety measures and stuff like that. So I think I think I think that that's been the reason. Tommy tweeted us. He says, hi,
0: guys. How many of the final seven games do the Bucs need to win for Todd Bowles to return as head coach in
1: 2024? Uh, that's a great question. They got four wins and they got seven games left. Is that right? Correct. Okay. So, I mean, let's let's just for argument's sake, because they lost every team that you know they should have lost to and then a few they shouldn't have maybe, but let's just say they're going to lose to Jacksonville. Okay uh so now the maximum is six wins uh so if you win six that gets you to 10 wins maybe you know if if one of those is against the saints no that would leave five wins left because there's six games left oh i'm sorry that's okay so that would get nine would be the max if you lose so nine would be the max and yeah so i listen i think you got to win the division uh first and foremost uh if you tied a team but lost the tiebreaker with nine wins, if something like that screwy happened, and I don't know that it's even possible, frankly, because, again, uh, the, the team that has beaten them, that has the mm-hmm. edge over them right now is Atlanta. Uh, if they were to go into Atlanta and lose, that would certainly cripple them with the Falcons if the Falcons were to go on and and be the division champs or tie, tie the Bucks for with that record. I, I think you got to win the division. Let's just I would leave it at that. I don't know how many wins it's going to take. I, I think it'll take nine. I'm Last really year it was sure. eight. Last year it was eight, and it, but yeah, it was eight. You're right, and they had clinched it by the time they played Atlanta, mm-hmm. and after a quarter they sat all their starters. Yep. Um, they'd be by the way they'd be delighted to have a replay of that this year. They would be. They want to win more than eight games, but uh, again, it's about getting into the tournament. You know, getting a home playoff game. Hey, all that stuff matters, man. You know, those owners, they like home playoff games because they get to keep Mm -hmm. a lot of that ticket revenue (laughs) and, uh, you know, an extra game on TV and all of that. So you can make your owners a lot of money if you're at home in the postseason. So, again, I believe personally, I just believe this in my heart, that if Todd Bowles wins the division back-to-back, forget about the record, you know, because they know what they've, kind of hamstrung him with, right? A team in transition, uh, no free agents. Baker Mayfield, a quarterback on his fourth team. So many things that don't scream to you division champ. If they go back-to-back, and that would be three division crowns in a row, which, by the way, has never happened with this franchise, I just don't see how you can say the top Bulls is gone. I mean, they could. It's their team. They can do whatever they want. Uh, If they believe that he's never going to take them to a Super Bowl – but he will have accomplished what you kind of you know made tough on him because of you know the sort of wanting to thread the needle with we're going to get younger we're not going to spend money on free agents you got some guys that are long in the tooth but they're going to hang out and you know we think we can still win it and if you do if you win it under those circumstances you should be rewarded for it in my opinion because not every not every coach in the league has that right not all of them are coming off 3 years of Tom Brady and you know, all the sour cap uh, money issues and stuff like that. So I think you'd have to look at it and say, hey, you know, especially, you know, sitting there at four and seven to think that you could somehow then go on a run and win win the, uh, the NFC South. I mean, that – I think just winning the South would probably do it. Now, if you lost the, the division but you had tied the same record with, say, uh, Atlanta and you had nine wins or something – That's a mitigating circumstance, too. You know, it is. It's not, I'm not saying it's absolute. They got to win the division. But I think if you did, man, I find it really difficult for them to fire him. I'm not sure that would happen.
0: Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com people today. Kyle tweeted, he says, if Tampa were to hire a defensive minded coach, Why not look into Dan Quinn over Bill Belichick? Quinn seems to hire better offensive staffs than Belichick will.
1: Yeah, well, the other thing you get with Belichick is he's going to control your personnel, so you make a good point. I mean, Dan Quinn, I think, will be a head coach in this league again. What I would say about Dan Quinn and the Bucs is this, and and we talked about it a little bit last night, is that I think if you make a change and you're the Bucs, you're really making a change. Like, you're going to go from a defensive coordinator right to something you didn't have which is going to be an offensive guy because you're probably going to marry him up with a quarterback you know whether that's through the draft or free agency uh but i like dan a lot and you know dan was what 24 to was 28 to 3 in the super bowl over tom brady when he broke his heart so imagine what dan quinn's life would have been had he won that super bowl and they were oh so close in doing it and He's done a good job with the defense, you know, with the Cowboys. Um, A lot will depend on how they play in the postseason, too. Uh, I think Dan Quinn's a good coach. I don't think he's the right coach for this team because I really do believe that they are going to get what they don't have. It won't be another defensive coach, in my opinion. I think it'll be a younger offensive uh, coach that can, you know, identify and then groom his quarterback for years to come. All right, great questions. Well, we'll look forward to uh, the Bucks and Carolina on Sunday. Before that, the Tampa Bay Lightning have a Saturday afternoon game in Dallas, so that'll be fun to watch as you're uh, preparing yourself for what's going to be a great day of college football. So maybe you can get a couple TVs going there because we've got all the conference championships that are going to determine so much about the national championship picture. And, of course, Florida State has their big game in the ACC title game um that they've you know i i think obviously they have to win it um i don't think there's any substitute for that but i think if they win they're in um you know the sec of course alabama and georgia is going to be good my favorite game is going to be in my opinion is going to be washington and oregon i'm really looking forward to that one as a rematch of what was one of the better games in college football this year so I'm going to put up some Christmas stuff. I'm not as uh, planned out as Steve was. I haven't had it up. So Saturday, I'll be doing that. And I hope you guys enjoy your weekend. We'll be back on Sunday to tell you what goes on with the Bucks in Carolina and talk to you on Monday morning. For Steve Versnick I'm Rick Style of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody. Hey,
0: it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget?